Welcome to The Break Room with Darlene Evans. I'm your host. We are going to discuss the good, the bad, and the ugly when it comes to the workplace. The objective of this show is to bring the concerns of the employees to the forefront, improve the relationships with management, and bridge the gap between employees and the top executives. So let's get started. Today's topic is what millennials want in the workplace. Our guest is Cameron Biera. Cameron is a student at Mercer University here in Macon, Georgia. She is studying media and digital film. Welcome to my podcast, Cameron. Thanks for having me. Cameron, when do you plan on graduating? Like, you're what, 19 years of age? I am 19. I am a sophomore right now, so very happy about that. Okay. <laughs> but I am planning on graduating in two years. All right, sounds good, sounds good. Maybe earlier. Right, so what do you see as your ideal job? What 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 type of role would you like to find yourself in once you graduate? Um, My end goal is to be a director slash producer of TV shows, but I know that's not going to happen right out the bat right. because... But you need to hold on to that goal. I most you definitely. cannot achieve it if you don't see it. <laughs> that's okay? very true. <laughs> but um, I feel in school that I have had a lot of opportunities to diversify my skill set. Right. So... I wouldn't mind being a camera operator or an interviewer or even if I'm just behind a desk helping, right. like right. I'm really just willing to be within the industry. Right. Now, I understand that you currently have some part-time jobs. I do. Share with us those current jobs. What is it? Three different jobs? How in I the do. world <laughs> are you attending university and holding down three part-time jobs? I honestly don't know, but... <laughs> It's working. Okay. Um, I and my longest job that I've had is working with ESPN on campus, okay. and with that, I am a camera operator, and I'm changing to going inside to doing replay. So that's really cool. And we film the college uh, football, basketball, all the sports games in right. college, and okay. it actually gets broadcasted on actual television. So that's really cool. Nice, nice. I'm also I also picked up an office assistant job within my department. Okay. And so I'm able to learn within my department while also helping in the office and everything. And I also have outside little jobs mm -hmm. where I worked with Big Hair Productions, which is a production company in Macon, where I we walk we went all around Macon for on the table and we just interviewed a bunch of people. We recorded um the meetings that were happening, right. we recorded, got videotape for that. They're putting the video together now about what we did, and it was just a like twelve hour day, and we just went around and did stuff. And I would do small things like that. Right. Outside. So, what is on the table? On the table is where they have discussions all throughout Macon on things that involve Macon. Okay. So some of our table talks were like the arts in Macon. Another one was. Um, how can we help children in school and how can we like stop the increasing rate of pregnancies in school and how can we help with mental health for school nice, kids nice. and so it was multiple different conversations when everywhere that we went everyone had a different discussion right. and so we would record and interview about that discussion and why they were there and it's also an opportunity to get grants to help implement some of the things that they were suggesting in making. Sounds good. Sounds very nice. I did some um, research and I found some statistics from CNBC. Mm -hmm. And they they mentioned that um, three of the top 
positions that, or the top jobs that are in demand mm -hmm. for the millennials, number one is software engineer. Um, some of them make about $99,000 a year. And I'm like, there's no way these kids are coming out of school making $99,000 a year. But apparently, that's a, that position is in high demand. It is. And, uh, I mean, I can't believe kids coming out of school today are making ninety some thousand dollars a year. <laughs> yeah. But it sounds really, really good. The second one is a data analyst. Mm -hmm. And um, their, their salary range comes in around $70,000 a year. Mm -hmm. And then the third top was um, a data scientist scientists rather and um they are actually the highest paying position for the millennials which is mm -hmm. like around one one hundred and thirteen thousand dollars a year yeah so where do you see yourself when you come out of school and you're let's say you get some experience under your belt because uh -huh. when you first come out you know you may not hit any of those salaries but what type of salary range comes in for a director or producer of um. tv shows if you're good, there's mm -hmm. a higher salary range. But right. like for me, coming out of school, I don't expect more than like between forty to sixty thousand. Right, right. Just because you have to have that experience under your belt, and even with all the experience you get in high school, I mean college, right. <laughs> there's always going to be like more, and especially in this industry, there's so much competition, so much that you have to fight against. And so it's going to be like a less salary and but you always have that opportunity to improve mm -hmm. and rise up. So right. that's why it's like not that bad. Cause so one of the other um, stats that I recognize, too, mm -hmm. is that um, they talked about the cities that millennials are moving to mm -hmm. that there's a high demand. And, you know, Rochester, New York. I don't know if you've ever heard of Rochester. I have. I have. You have. OK. <laughs> Up there by Niagara Falls, Canada. <laughs> but uh, Rochester, New York was the top city in the U.S. where millennials are relocating to. And one of the main reasons for that is the cost of housing. Mm -hmm. um, the second one was Des Moines, Iowa oh, and I Omaha. Yeah, Omaha, Nebraska. Now, are any of those cities, <laughs> cities you'd consider moving to? No. From what I understand, New York and L.A. sounds like your favorite oh, cities. Is that yeah. true? <laughs> New York and L.A. are really great. New York is probably more reasonable than L.A. Right. <laughs> at right, this present right. time. Okay. But, um, but I think that's because you have some family there, right? Yeah, I have ah, my sister up okay. there. So if anything, I can go live with her for a little while if right. I move up there. But there's also, like, for me, Atlanta. Mm -hmm. is becoming a diff another Hollywood. Absolutely. So it would, wouldn't would always be in my best interest to leave, though mm -hmm. I love New York, and I've never been to L.A., so I can't really say much right. about L.A., but LA's I know that nice. a lot of the production companies, a lot of the uh, studios are in L.A., but they're always they're also districting and like distributing stuff within Georgia. Absolutely. So I could always stay in Georgia and help with those things as long as I get my foot in the door. So I wouldn't necessarily say that I would move out of Georgia right. just because I'm as I'm watching the climate and as I'm watching how everything is changing, it's within the next few years, this will be another Hollywood, another Absolutely. hub. So. Absolutely. I love Atlanta myself. So yeah. <laughs> I don't know. If, I don't know if L.A. could talk me into coming out there or not. Oh, I love New traffic, York City, but I also love Atlanta. Seeing the traffic every year, people coming back out of L.A., I'm just like, oh, no. So. Let's pretend that I'm interviewing you for a job. Okay. Okay. 
Um, and if I asked you, you know, what's important to you? What What do you want from a from a company? What What are some of the top things that uh, would would let you say yes? I'll accept this offer. I'll accept this job. Um, so some of my top things are the one the opportunity to grow. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be stagnant in right. what I'm doing, and if I can learn and continue to enhance my skills and grow my skill set not even just being stuck in one thing allowing myself to move be able to be hands-on with multiple things right that's something that would really draw me into a job Mm -hmm. and it's part of the reason why I'm working my ESPN job at campus is because there's so there's so many aspects and you can do all of them right they don't have like prereqs Mm -hmm. that you have to do so you're able to just do everything I also healthcare is very important for all things um such as therapy, your regular checkups, dental. There's so many people without health care, and they are still and they're working these big jobs and still don't have health care, or work or trying paying like astronomical prices for health care. So right. like health, having health care provided by a company is very important to me, and also like a company just having integrity and respect for their workers is something that's very important and will draw me to work at a job like I, I don't want to work at a job that's going backhanded and doing bad things to mm-hmm. get money right right and I that's just not who I am or who I would want to be associated with so right. having integrity and trust and having be able to have your employer your employee trust you as an employer is very important to right. me I, I noticed um, over the years the focus with a lot of corporations have been on the bottom line and making money mm-hmm. only. If you were with a company and um, you know decided you, you're having to make the decision whether you stay or whether you leave, what would that company have to do to make you stay? Because a lot of millennials from the statistics is that they're staying at companies two to three years. Mm-hmm. And that's hasn't been the trend from Generation X or the baby boomers. Yeah. You know, we get with companies and we stay for 10 years, 15 <laughs> years, some of us 20 years. And um, we ne- we don't necessarily leave with everything that we hope to have had before, yes. you know, when it's time to retire. Um, what would it take for you you know, we, we know what's going to get you in the door. What's yeah. going to get you in the door is the fact that you'll be able to grow, the fact that you definitely want good health care, and the fact that you want to work for a company with integrity. What's going to make you stay with that company longer than, let's say, the two- to three-year span? I feel like within companies, because of the statistics on millennials and everything, they don't necessarily – this is not all companies, but mm-hmm. some companies don't necessarily work to value their person just because of who they are as like a millennial so they're not going to think that they're going to work as hard as the right. previous generations and so showing that you value your your employee is something that's very important that's probably why because our the generation is very set on self-care and positivity and making sure that you're good mentally physically emotionally absolutely so if you're not feeling that you're valued in there of course you're going to want to leave to go to somewhere where you think that you can be valued so if you if the employer wants to keep i think that they need to show that they're valued and that show that they're aligned with what the employee wants and not necessarily wants like what the whole company would want mm-hmm. 
and just making sure that they don't get lost in the shuffle of everybody else. Right, exactly. Some of the statistics show that um, millennials tend to have super high expectations. They want instant gratification. They want to make high money, high volume, high dollars, and they're also disengaged when it comes to the workplace. Mm -hmm. Have you had any experience with being stereotyped from maybe the X generation, the X generation or the baby boomers? Have you had uh, to experience, have you experienced any of that with the jobs that you currently have? Not necessarily with the jobs that I've currently had because um, our, my ESPN job is actually ran by a millennial. Right, <laughs> so, okay, okay. And then it's also kind of student-led. So we have that push, that drive to make sure that our our uh, job stays together and even in my office assistant job I'm treated with respect by my employer which is why I'm still there and on the outside jobs I've usually been like they pick and choose us Mm -hmm. so I was picked because I had that like drive and everything but I know that it is a problem that people assume that millennials are disengaged and like lazy and everything and it's not necessarily true but, like, when that stigma gets put on you, you start becoming what that is. Right. So if you, everyone's assuming that you are lazy, everyone's assuming that you're disengaged, even if you're the hardest working person, that weighs on you because everything that you do, it looks like you're... You're not being appreciated. You're not being yeah, valued. Yeah, you're not being appreciated. Mm-hmm. Or they're like, oh, you're just trying to do this because you're not trying to be the stereotype. Right. When that's just who you are as a person. There's so right. many people that I know that are hardworking, driving. I have friends that are going to be doctors and everything, and all they do is study, all they do is work, because they know what their end goal is, they know what they want, and that's what most millennials do. They they know what they want, they know what Mm -hmm. their end goal is, but because of these stigmas and how much there's a shift in the generational understanding, Mm -hmm. it kind of hinders them, and you start becoming what is put on you. Right, that label. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's, I mean, it's hard. Right. So I, I think, though, that um, I think the positive side of that, though, yeah. is that us Generation X or us baby boomers mm-hmm. have probably given so much of ourselves yes. to corporations that the millennials are going to, the millennials are saying, uh-uh, sorry. Yeah. If you're paying me for 40 hours per week, that is what I am working that's mm-hmm. it, okay? I'm not going to come in here and give you 60 and walk out the door with only 40 hours pay. Mm-hmm. And us, Generation X, we've had to deal with that for years. Yes. For years upon years upon years. And it doesn't matter. We could be with a corporation for 20 years. When when the X, when the X comes, the X comes. It yes. doesn't matter. And I think what's happening is that the Generation X is, I mean, the um, millennials are saying, uh-uh, this is what we want. Mm-hmm. This is my value. This is what I've put out in student loan to get where I am today. And you're not going to devalue me. You're going to appreciate me. Mm -hmm. And if I choose to give you an extra hour or two, that's my choice. But it's not going to be demanded from me. That is very true. And and I think that's what corporations need to wake up to is that Mm -hmm. the, the employees that they've had in place, and I would say almost taken advantage of to a degree, they have. They're not going. They're not. They're, it's not going to be like that going forward. The millennials are just. They're putting their foot down, and mm-hmm. they're going to get what they want. And you can't much blame them. So I, I to me, it's like power to you. Yes. you know? Seriously, power to you. Yeah, because it's like it. what you said. It's like 
you're still going to get the axe either way, no matter how mm-hmm. much you put in. And then, like, if you're working overtime, a lot of people did the working overtime because they thought it would make them look better. It thought it would make, get them the promotion. But these corporations do not care. It's just you're just helping them get to their destination faster. And so, of course, like the millennials are like, I've seen what my parents had to go through, but that's not going to be me. We're going to exactly. change this. Exactly. We're not going to do the same thing and allow these corporations to continue to push us and drain us and take everything away from us just to not repay us in the end. Exactly. So let's get back to the health issue. The, you mentioned health care. Mm-hmm. As a female... And uh, I know in the U.S., or at least in Georgia, I believe that yes. the health care for an expecting mom is maybe what? You're off for three months? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, is that acceptable? If you, if, you know, when you see yourself married, having a child, is three months a good enough health care plan in place for for you to, to take care of your baby. I'm from Canada, mm-hmm. and Canada offers uh, six months of paid maternity leave. Mm-hmm. And I believe uh, the mothers receive 65%, and, and it can mm-hmm. be the dad, too. And they also offer another six months mm-hmm. of unpaid or possibly, uh, depending on the, the, the company, mm-hmm. I know the government will pay it. But depending on the company, yes. um, they can also take another six months. So the bottom line is is that I know my sister got 12 months mm-hmm. of being off, spending time, quality time with her, her newborn son. Do you, I mean, is that something that the millennials care about? Yes. Want? <laughs> <laughs> okay. A lot of millennials are thinking of putting off families just for those type of reasons because they don't have that support within the workplace and you can't afford to lose your job right because you've had a child mm-hmm. be especially in the climate and especially with how much prices are rising how how the economy's going like you can't afford that but i feel like they should at least give up to a year to have that quality time not only for the person but also for the child this yeah. is a, a developmental time. time like absolutely a, like this first year you should ha- be able to have that time with your baby i went to sweden last uh this past summer and we talked about their health care talked about their um businesses and everything sweden gives off a lot of time that's for right because they know they acknowledge the fact that these this is a developmental time that mm-hmm. you should have this time and they don't punish you i feel like the way that um America and Georgia's healthcare and within well like maternity leave and everything within workplaces they punish you for having a child they don't like if you don't come back in that time even if your child needs more you get punished for that and that shouldn't be a thing this right. is a growth time this is a period of change in your life and it should be acknowledged as that mm-hmm. and in Sweden you can have between the dad and the mom because they are on equal things they said that between the both parents you have a decent amount of time to take with your child and it's paid your job your job is still here when you come back like Cameron when, you're when a you one want. you're 100 correct I have worked with expecting moms that did not get the position because they the uh, manager found out they were expecting 
Yeah. And I could not believe it. I thought, I, I, I mean, this is just unbelievable. That Those type of things to me should never happen today. Yeah, it's and incredibly you're, you're 100% horrible. Correct. And, and, and the people that are making those decisions on whether to hire someone or let someone go, because you mm-hmm. know, they may have been there on a contract, are mothers and fathers of children. Yeah. So it's like, how in the world do you... How in the world do you um, encourage someone to care about a family, to take care of a family, and yet you're not giving them support from the workplace Mm -hmm. that is really needed in order to to do a good job? And this is why we have, like, the familial issues that we have now, because you have so much focus on work and so much, and then you lose that aspect of family. Absolutely. That you should have, like, you should have those relationships with your children. You shouldn't be at work 24-7 trying to provide for your children. Like, you're making these sacrifices for your children, but you're not getting those relationships with your children. And to not give an expecting mother a promotion acts like having a child or becoming pregnant. It's a a factor of life for women. Absolutely. uh, Most women will have a child. And so... To not give an expecting mother acts like having a child takes away your worth. Yeah, it's like you're the having to make a choice between getting that promotion, going after that promotion, or having the baby. Mm-hmm. And that's not, that's really not it's fair. It's not fair. Yeah. And it happens to females, but it doesn't happen to males. Exactly. And when, they're when dads. Males get promoted <laughs> when CEOs and VPs and all the directors find out that a male and his wife is expecting a child, the male mm-hmm. gets promoted because they know they need more money. Mm-hmm. Because that child's coming on board, where the lady or the female, she's she's being overlooked for that promotion. Yes, because of the fact that she's bringing a life into this world. It's and this also goes into like the established hegemony, uh, hegemony that is within our society and like the patriarchy of how the male male has to provide for the family, but the female is just as like Absolutely. we're just as much. Worth a provider. As, like mm-hmm. the provider. You're we right. give as much as the Absolutely. male does, but you're hindering us from being able to do that because you expect that I can't do something just because I'm having a child. Right. When I had right. the skills previously, what's changing now? Right. Yeah. I agree with you 100%. So let's transition now. Let's go over to social media. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, I've been on social media since 2008, and I can guarantee you that every contract that I apply for. You know, these recruiters are going out onto social media and seeing what information that I've put out there. Mm-hmm. How do you think that's going to impact millennials? Some millennials been on social media since they were 10, 12 years of age. Let's say by the time they're 30 and they may have put a lot of trash on social media. Do you have any concerns? Do you think the millennials should be concerned when it comes to social media? Um, I've had social media since I was about 10 years old. Okay. Facebook came out around the time that I was probably ending elementary school, going into middle school. And it was all the craze. Everyone wanted to be friends on Facebook. Everyone wanted to be one. But I can also say that some of the things that I put on Facebook, I shouldn't have been on there at 10 years old. There were decisions that I made at that age that I should not have And so I've deleted that Facebook and started over because as you grow, you mature. But some people are still doing that every aspect of their life on social media. And at first I was like, okay, live your life. Influencers, there's different ways to get monies now. Monies? (laughs) Different ways to get money now. And it's helpful. Social media is helpful in being able to get your product out, getting what you want, and to promote yourself. But the bad things on social media are also a hindrance. It's like 
there's positives and negatives. People say stuff when they're 13, 14 years old. I see it every day on Twitter. Get circled around and then automatically you're canceled or automatically you're out of this college. Automatically you're this because you're making decisions like that when you're 13, 14 years old. So I feel it's very like you really have to keep your presence on social media, what you are as a person. Right. Because... If you are a trash person and that's who you present yourself as on social media, then you have to expect the consequences that are going to come with that. But if you hold yourself to your like the standard that you are and you put that on social media, it won't hinder you as much. Like It's fine to post a, a lot on social media. Mm-hmm. I personally don't post a lot on Instagram. I'm on Twitter, but I don't post a lot on Twitter. Right. Because I just know as in my industry and where I'm trying to go, it's deep dive. <laughs> right. Do you, but do you think that corporations should really care about what you did when you were 10, when you were 13, when you were 16? When you become an adult and you, you're, you've matured and you're now out of college, should they hold that against you, what you did as a child on social media? I feel like they should get explanations at mm-hmm. least. Right. Argue your point. I was 10. This is not what I am anymore. I don't think that you should get like a clean slate because then people who are saying the N-word at 16 are able to just walk freely when you can still be thinking that, but you're getting in this big job and you're still having those racial prejudices where you're about to be in a job where you have to work with people of like black descent, Mm African-American descent. So I feel it should not just be wiped off. Like even if you've said it when you were... 11, 13, but now you're a public figure and people have found it. You need to explain what that is and how you're going to do better. Why, like how you've made a difference. Like what is the change in you now than it was when you were 13, 14 years old? So what about those um, young folks, and this is before social media, Mm -hmm. that would take, you know, 50 cents out of their parents uh pocket okay uh uh-huh. no no one tracking it no one paying any attention to it but they're ceos today and uh and you know they may have taken they, they may have taken a dollar <laughs> or two from their parents wallet you know uh-huh. it's all still something that tells about their level of integrity their honesty you know I think that's just, once again, a generational difference. Right. Like, you wouldn't know that he, they took that 50 cents out of their parents' wallet, but now you'll know if you saw it. Well, I'm guilty because I did, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and that's the only reason I bring it up. I was 12 years old, and I probably did it for about a good six months. <laughs> Every now and then, I would take 25 cents or a quarter out mm-hmm. of my dad's uh, pocket. Mm-hmm. I would never take more than... He would, you know, I, I, I did it so that he would never miss it. Put it that yes. way, okay? If he had four, I may have taken two. If he had two, I may have taken one. But uh-huh. that was it. You know, nothing nothing major, right? So, But I, the, I guess the point I'm making, though, is that there's so many people in um, that have great jobs today mm-hmm. that run companies, run organizations that were not perfect. None yes. of us have been perfect, you know? And, and that's so, why I was like, just hold it's accountability. Just right. holding you to... A standard and making sure that you're not going to repeat the same mistake. Right, exactly. It's, exactly. as you said, no one's perfect. And I don't think that mistakes should define your life. Right. As long as you've grown from that, mm-hmm. as you've learned from that, 
can explain why you will not do that again. Like, it's just accountability, holding yourself accountable and allowing other people to hold you accountable also. Right. So I think this is probably my last question. I want you to share with our audience. Well, before you ask your last questions, do you have any tips that you can give on like getting promotions, finding the right jobs, um, getting into the workplace with interviews and everything? Anything on that? My uh, um, one of my biggest tips I would probably recommend to you or any millennial, anyone Mm -hmm. in general, and that is to um, kind of fill your toolbox with all that you can do, you know, to to make yourself more valuable. Mm -hmm. Um, Number one, I don't have a degree. Okay, no degree was a teenage mom. So I had to kind of just, you know almost like overqualify myself for, for mm-hmm. roles and positions. So I look at every opportunity to gain knowledge. Um, you know, I became certified in certain areas. Today I have the skills that, you know, I can walk away from companies and always get another opportunity. But that's, you know, not everybody is necessarily like that. But I, I did that by saying, okay, Darlene, you don't have a degree. That's going to be held against you. So what are you going to do to replace that? Mm-hmm. And so, like I said, I went out there and I became certified. Um, you notice that a lot of um, the shortage of jobs or positions for jobs today is in the trades field. Yes. Okay. Most trades people do not have a degree. But yet today, those are some of the highest paying jobs and there's a shortage. Okay. Mm-hmm. So in my situation, you know, I'm competing with people with master's. I'm competing against people with, you know, science degrees, uh, you know, you name it. Mm-hmm. But the point is, is that I I took advantage. Like, I'm, I'm what you call probably instinctively bright. So I catch uh-huh. on real fast. Mm-hmm. You show me anything and I got it. I can read blueprints. You know, you show, sit me down and show me any type of, um, any. if you can show it to me, Darlene can pick it up. That's how, okay. that's how I operate. So here I am, a consultant today. And what did I do? I met a consultant back in like 1987. You know, she came in the door and she just walked with this briefcase, come in at 10, left out at three. All I said was, I want to be like her. <laughs> and that's how I operate. I just see someone with a skill set that mm-hmm. I want and then I, and I'll go after it. Like right now I'm looking at uh, taking a class at Georgia Tech in data analytics Ooh. only because I'm a consultant, and I know that big data is what's in. Yes. And that's a skill that I want. It's, uh, I think it takes 24 weeks to get. Mm-hmm. I'm like, hey, no problem. I can do it. And so I think more than anything is just um, arming yourself with the skills, putting yourself in a position where you have that skill, and that's how you market yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's pretty much it for me. Like I said, I don't have a degree, but... I have a master's in determination. And as a black woman, like, is there any, like, things that you felt were holding you back or anything? Um, what I would say as a black female today is that um, I get a lot of, and th- it, this is never said to me, okay, but I can feel it. Mm-hmm. I get a lot of who do you think you are? You're a black female coming into our organization and you're being paid as a consultant to come in and help us out. Mm-hmm. And my attitude is I'm there to help out. I'm there to do a good job. And that's the bottom line. I don't care who I'm working with. I don't care how long it's going to take or you know what's involved. But I am there to be successful. Mm-hmm. And I will have 
I have found over the years there will be stumbling blocks that people want to put in front of me. They want me there to help out, but they also look at like I'm black. Yeah, they want to be you like know? the smartest person in Absolutely. the room. Absolutely. So I'll let them be the smartest person in the room. <laughs> I don't have any problem letting them be the smartest person in the room. But at the same time, if you are there to interfere with my success, mm-hmm. that's a problem. Yes. Yeah, that's a problem. So, you know, I'll, I'll, I've put in my resignation and walk away from companies because you're not going to tarnish my, my, my reputation. I'm mm-hmm. here. You know, people pay me well to come in and help fix their, their organization. So if there's somebody at that job site that's intimidated by me or, you know, feeling a little insecure or, you know, you have it where they don't want to listen to a black female either. Mm-hmm. How dare you come in here and tell me what to do? Well, I'm sorry. When I go into an organization, I look, I look at the process, I look at the people, and I look at the system. Yes. And you can pretty much guess what's usually the problem. Very seldom is it the process. Very seldom is it the system. It's usually the people. Mm-hmm. So, Cameron, on that note, <laughs> I want to thank you so much. It's been a pleasure having you. Thank you. Um, thank share you your insight me. when it comes to the millennials. Um, I'm probably kind of happy that I'm not a millennial today because, you know, I don't know how I would survive. Um, (laughs) You know, I probably wouldn't get a job because I think my attitude would be, you know, so different. But I think it's I I think, you know, I really have to um, say thank you for coming in and sharing sharing your information with uh, our listeners. And uh, hopefully we'll be able to have you back again. Oh, yeah. I'd love to come back. Thank you. Thank you. To all of our listeners, remember now, The Break Room with Darlene Evans. I can be found on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Facebook, and Instagram. And if you'd like to shoot me an email, go ahead, Darlene at TheBreakRoomWithDarleneEvans.com. I would love to hear from you.